Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Plate Discipline Podcast. This is episode seven for realsies this time. Uh, I said it was episode seven last time. I was wrong. This is the real episode seven. And we are, to my knowledge, 10 days away from opening day. Uh, Opening day, running right down that runway and getting ready to smack us clean across the face like we were Chris Rock. Um, I had to make that joke. I just... Yeah, I had to, like, you can't expect me to not talk about that, right? I mean, we're going to spend at least the next two minutes. I mean, he cocked all the way the fuck back. At that point, why not just punch him? Like, I'm not going to put my personal opinion to it, but, like, that was just, it was just not necessary. I understand why he did it, but, like, you got to hold your composure at some point, you know? Well, speaking of holding composure, Chris Rock, I mean... You want to talk about the show must go on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was that was one of the most impressive things I think I've seen in some time in terms of acting. Like, and like on your feet acting, because like obviously I've seen great acting lately, but with like movies and TV shows, they could cut the they could cut something if it goes wrong, right? And they try again. Can't do that with the Oscars. They can't cut that. Like, you gotta just go with it. It's like opera or a or a theater. They muted it pretty fast though. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. I can't. Uh, he's got a lot going on. It's very clear that Will Smith has a lot going on right now, and I think that people need to give him a bit of a break because he was seen crying afterwards, and I, I think that kind of tells us a lot about this situation is the fact that, like, the guy was... I mean, this is a baseball podcast, so the guy has a lot going on. Uh, take me down to the PD... What did I say before we got on the fucking... <laughs> I was singing to myself. Take me down to the PDB P-City where the takes are bad and the mics are shitty. Thank you, Joe. Uh, man, that sucked. All right. So we talked about uh, – we, we said that we were going to do uh, predictions, even though, like, the first three episodes were predictions. Uh, but these are going to be uh, foresight about the Cy Young Award in both leagues uh, and then playoffs for both leagues. It's kind of tough to talk about like silver sluggers because they do them by position. So it's kind of difficult for anybody to, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even have the time to research the, the, the Cy Young. I can't imagine trying to research each individual position. Although I'm sure Josh has, you know, favorites, runner ups, random guys in the triple a that might be sleepers. Like, um, no, yeah, it's, you keep it usually the major, awards of course you could i mean now that you kind of know where every player is and how teams are shaping up at this point you can kind of give it a good guess even without thinking too much about it mike trout american league mvp season i'm just saying that that's not a very hot take no i know but i'm just like putting it out there it's happening it's it's gonna have jed lowry mvp season (laughs) he's probably gonna be our all-star rep this year man back with the a's Yippee. I love Jed Lowry, but uh, where's the rest of his team? Anyway, man, I, I still can't get over Will Smith slapping from Chris McLean across the face. <laughs> I'm still fixated on that. Holy shit. That, I was talking about this at dinner with a few friends. That is going to go into the hall of fuck-ups on live television. Like, right there with... Uh, Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift at the 2008 VMAs. Uh, the Bill O'Reilly fuck it, we'll do it live incident. 
Um, what's uh, Robin Thick getting all kind of posted up by uh, Miley Cyrus at the twenty something VMAs, twenty tens, uh, and then Steve Harvey announcing oh, that the yeah. wrong person had won Miss Universe. So many jokes about that, and like every piece of media, yeah, doing we, something similar. We were yeah. in high school. You kind of feel for him because I do not blame Steve Harvey for that, by the way, because the way they worded it on the script, like the script for what he was supposed to say came out after that. And it was a very strange, like it was weirdly worded. They should have just had number one and number two on the card and then just have him say whatever he wants. Yeah. Like that's what happens when you try to get too specific. People go off script and that is the worst case scenario of what can happen when you go off script which is ironic because this entire segment has been going off script. (laughs) Anyway, man, I am so not happy to be back from spring break. My head hurts. It was very true. I I got back and I realized that I have a test on Thursday. Shut the fuck up. You were just asleep. I was just asleep, but I also realized that I have a test on Thursday. I also drove, I drove all the way back from, um, Hilton Head, South Carolina, and realized that I have a hole in my tire. So I had Holy to take the shit. bus for the first time today. Jesus, Tim. Imagine I, taking the bus, Joe. I can't do it. You know me. The Clemson bus. I can't. I, I thought it would just be like a tiger, like you get on the tiger's back and you go around. Uh, that's the kind of budget you guys got over there. Or is that only for the football players? Um, for the football players. <laughs> you imagine. Have you also have to be pretty strong in order to, you know, like ride a tiger. No, they just have them like it's like the ponies in in New York City that they just make go around in a circle in their miserable existence. Yeah, but you need to have like specific training for it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like so. uh, like Joe Exotic. Yeah, like Joe Exotic. It's like Steve Irwin. Famous last words, Steve Irwin. Don't worry, they don't swim backwards. I'm sorry, Steve. I love Steve Irwin. Like. That is now I just sound like an idiot. I'm, I'm that is his name, right? I'm thinking of Bruce Irwin, and I don't know why I'm thinking he's a football outside linebacker. Okay, yeah. For some reason, when you said Bruce Irwin, I thought of Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, that's not also Steve Irwin's kid. I saw him on Jilly, Jimmy Fallon a couple years ago. He is, I mean, spitting image. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly like his dad. I love it. Like, I know that he probably wants to get out from behind his kid's shadow. But, like, I'm so proud to see his kid follow exactly in his footsteps. He's 18. He's younger than us. You Apparently, have to when it's something as unique as that. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's also just so tragic. Right? Like, the, your dad took a fucking stingray barb to the chest. And he, he was a, a great human, too, at least in the public eye. When, when I say that, by the way, people I've heard people like respond to me saying that, like, oh, you don't, you think they were a bad person? And I'm like, no, I just say that I preface everything with that because things come out sometimes. Right. Things get brought to light after many years of not being in the public image. Bill Cosby. Right. I'm sure Bill Cosby was viewed as a media sweetheart prior to his controversy. So that's just me covering my own ass being like, yeah, in the public eye, he's a good person. 
Like Dave Grohl is a perfect example of like a, a, a human being, an immaculate human. Like I don't think he's done anything wrong ever in his life. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. All right, baseball. Anybody got any uh, Cy Young for the NL that they want to want to discuss? Any Cy Young candidates? Yeah, uh, I mean, I would love to just say Degrom and Scherzer, but keeping it realistic. I mean, it is realistic to think they're favorites, but I would think that Zach Wheeler or Walker Bueller is actually probably going to take it this year. Not that Degrom and Scherzer are going to have bad years. I just think one of them is probably going to take it. Walker Bueller. Well, I'm sure that uh, I I I, I got to be honest. Um, I am going to confirm this by looking at the numbers. Um, but I kind of feel like Zach Wheeler is a bit of a flash in the pan. Not in a. Not in the sense that he's going to fall off a cliff after this. But I think he's just going to become slightly more human, you know. I'm actually going to agree with Josh on this one. I had Zach Wheeler as my. And also young. Actually, yeah, I saw his ERA drop an entire point during, um, you know, when he moved from the Mets to the Phillies, and it didn't really seem like he was slowing down. Not necessarily that. Again, he doesn't have the opportunity to kind of like revert back to what he was in the Mets, but it definitely seems like the change in scenery is helping him. Um, and I mean that I I think at least is going to see. You know, pretty well, pretty good success into the 2022 season. I could easily see him taking the Cy Young. I'm going to take back what I said because he's actually improved since the 2020 season. So I'd say he's a favorite right now. Yeah, I, I can't ignore it last year that he led the National League in strikeouts and he pitched the most innings in the majors last year. He stayed healthy and he was consistent. Yeah, that's 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 something that needs to be said. You know, people are going to – well, the, the two people that listen to this podcast. Uh, hi, Josh is dead. Um <laughs> My parents don't even listen to this crap. Um, what's it called? Like people are gonna try to rub it in our nose that we got the Cy Young wrong. It's like we are operating under the assumption that all of these people play to their full potential, a and b, comp- like stay healthy the entire season. Like we'll bite or I'll bite bullets for people who you know perform below expectation. But if a guy doesn't win the Cy Young or doesn't get an All Star appearance because like he got hurt, it's like. Well, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? Unless it's a guy with an injury history, but still, like, I mean, Wheeler, he, I believe he got Tommy John in 2015, right? Yeah, he's been just constant. Like, I don't think he's been injured since, like, 2018. Yeah, it looks like as soon as he leaves the Mets, honestly, he, he starts to get better uh, in terms of his injury consistency. He was 12th in Cy Young voting two seasons ago, second last year. Yeah, he's a good pick. I'm looking at Walker Bueller's numbers right now. Um, to make a long story short, yeah, this guy's a good pick, too. Yeah, I, I mean, his ERA would have been even lower if he didn't kind of have a few pretty bad starts at the end of the season. But still, it's really – his stats look really good. Nine strikeouts per nine, six hits per nine, sub one whip. Fuck. And he's a kid, too. Like, 27 – like, this, this guy's just entering his prime. That is – the only thing that I do worry about is the fact that his ERA being down a full percentile or full percent – or up uh, ERA being down a full point 
right? His ERA in 19 and 20 was a 3.26 and a 3.44, respectively. So he had a mid three ERA. And then 2021, he drops a full point. Yeah. I mean, just from the technical standpoint, he only throws his fastball low, like around 40, 45% of the time. He has a real mix of pitches that he can throw in there at high velocity. And he really can throw off batters if he's like ready to pitch. Uh, if, if he's having a good game, he, he'll go deep into the game, I would assume. But I mean, a cutter, a slider, curveball, he all throws over 10% of the time. He mixes in a sinker and changeup in there. I just, you look at his MLB percentile rankings in any pitching stat, and he is far above average in most. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've long, because I throw meatballs, so, like, I've long been a proponent of the concept that you don't have to throw hard to get outs. Um, you just got to mix pitch- pitches and locate them well. I think those guys, even if they don't win the Cy Young, are always – and I know that we just talked about that. Walker Bueller has had some stinkers. But when it comes to these control guys, I feel like you're more than likely to get longer careers out of them. It's the same reason why you get knuckleballers, you know? Like, knuckleballers could pitch it into the mid-40s. Like, how long was R.A. Dickey in the league? Uh, it's a long time. He wasn't really notable for a while, but... Yeah, but he still pitched in Major League Baseball from 2001 to 2017. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, the prime of his career, he was in his age 35 season. Right? Like, knuckleballers, his 40, his age 42 season, he started in 31 games and he had a 102 ERA plus like as an old man, pretty much. Yeah. No, like you said, the, well, the mix of pitches is great, but the range of speeds also, uh, you get thrown off, which is why, uh, I mean, his fastball spin and curve spin like way, way up there, just better than anyone else in the league. Were they better but, than anybody? Were they better than everyone else after the sticky stuff got cut? Because twenty twenty one season, he was still at the top. I, he he's got a ninety five mile per hour fastball, ninety two cutter, eighty curve, eighty five slider, ninety two changeup. Yeah, ninety five is more than enough for a fastball, especially for a starter. You, you don't need much more than that. Like I listen, I appreciate Justin Verlander throwing a hundred plus in the eighth inning as much as the next guy. But you don't need that. I'm gonna. I'm also gonna take the opportunity right now to uh, put somebody out there who I know is not going to perform well, and that's Trevor Bauer. Um, <laughs> if he plays, if yeah, exactly, if, if he, he plays, but yeah, it's it's all but a guarantee that he was one of the biggest benefactors of using sticky, sticky stuff, probably in the 2020 season as well as the 2019 season or 2021 season. Excuse me. Because his he his spin rate abnormally skyrocketed, and he himself said that the only way that that could happen was due to sticky stuff. His career was starting to go downhill in 2019. That's I think that's when he gets traded to Cincy, right? And then all of a sudden, his he went from having an average spin rate to one of the best in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's all but a given that he was using some type of sticky stuff. Um, now I would. Normally, I I think I said this last week. I'll say it again. 
I'm not vengeful, vengeful when it comes to baseball. Like there are other sports where I'm very vengeful and I'm petty. And I, and there are specific players that I don't want to see succeed. Like in the MLB, I'm rooting for everybody. Like I want to see everybody do well for the most part, except Trevor Bauer. I want to see Trevor Bauer fail just because I don't know when he's even going to be allowed to play again. They just keep pushing it back. Well, I mean, I've shown both of you now the baseball doesn't exist video on Trevor Bauer. Like that guy is a piece of shit. In in a va- like ignoring all of the uh, the allegations, right? Which is what they are allegations. None of it's confirmed, right? Like before any of that, like thinks extremely highly of himself, and I don't like people. That, oh that. yeah, you see what he talks like on Twitter. Yeah, like all uh, thinks he's so fucking important. Like he's just not a great guy. It, his- it, it didn't help that he was on top of baseball for twenty twenty. So he could justify some of what he says almost. To, to his defense, to his defense, he did seem to have it pretty rough socially as a kid. Again, at least according to the Baseball Doesn't Exist video. Um, it seems like he wasn't really social with the other kids. He got bullied a lot. And I could certainly see how that would lead to a, a lack of social skills or a lack of really the, the desire to be liked or respected. Or no, not they, he definitely wants to be respected, but he, you know, it seems like the lack of attention and positive momentum that he got when he was a kid kind of translated either into a complete counter reaction or he just wanted it even more as an adult. Because I think Trevor Bauer would maybe he wouldn't admit it to the public, but he sure as shit better admit it to himself. Like he likes attention. Yeah. Like, and it's okay to like attention. I'm like that. I'm the youngest of four. I fucking love attention. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it puts a target on your back. Kind of like how I just did. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I know I said I thought DeGrom wouldn't win it. I, I would love to see him win the Cy Young again, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like he'll almost get figured out a little bit. Like, he'll still be really, really good, just not, like, inhuman. He's... He's Jacob DeGrom at this point, at this point, um, he's, he's too good. He's too good. I'm sorry. I also think that like, honestly, like, you know, the Mets really went out and decided to bolster their starting pitching. And because of that, I, I don't think the Mets are going to need to as heavily rely on DeGrom as much as they did. Um, there was no, you know, nothing doubting the fact that DeGrom was, like, the highlight of the Mets last season. Um, was maybe the highlight. Starts he made. He was, yeah. he was one of the highlights of pitching, period, in yeah. the major leagues. He had yeah. probably the best start to a season for a pitcher. Was he pitching? A, I think he was pitching. There was, a, there was a good stretch where he was pitching sub one, and then a longer stretch where he was a pitching a sub two ERA. It was a point where he drove in more runs as a batter than he gave up. Yeah, I mean, it's just the guy's a cheat code. Um, that's it, it's part of that, which is why I why I'm predicting Scherzer to win the Cy Young. Um, I was talking about it with Josh a little bit before we started recording. Um, I have evidence that shows that Scherzer is showing no signs of decline. There is little to no injury concern. 
and he's a psychopath who has more than enough determination to be a winner. And he is now going to be a number two starter, seeing number two competition. He'll get that the run. Also true. He'll get the run support, which I know that, as Josh mentioned, the the Cy Young voters have sort of stopped caring about the win statistic. But there is a enough people that still care about the win statistic that I think that it somewhat matters. I don't think that it should matter, and I think we're moving away from it, but we're not all the way there yet. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly, that Scherzer and DeGrom being on the same team, they can only help each other. They're going to help each other to be even better than they already and are. And Bassett, by the way. Yeah, and uh, Bassett hopefully will be transformed uh, just being able to talk to the two of them on a daily basis. Yeah, I I, I just think it, Scherzer... He, he's one of the safest bets in baseball. Like, because he's just too much of a psychopath to, and I mean that in a good way, by the way, I mean that in the best way possible. Like he, he absolutely refuses to come out of games at points. He is competitive to a fault. And I don't know how it affects him outside of baseball, but inside of baseball, he is a hall of famer already. Right. You already see the influence in spring training. Scherzer inspired DeGrom, uh, oh my God, DeGrom to uh, throw some curveballs, which he never throws. Uh, I, I think he threw like four it, all season last season. Scherzer, Scherzer pitched six innings of a spring training game. Six. And a five, I think, before that too. He, he's way too competitive. And I think that one day it will catch up to him. I just don't think it's today. I, I think he has a good two years left. Anyway. Hopefully more. Anybody else from, because I feel like we've yet to mention the, well, no, we did mention the NL West. Um, I mean, I think that Corbin Burns, 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 Burns yeah. Burns. Um, now I'm not, it's tough, man. Yeah, I'm all right, I'm going to say I'm personally not a fan of his, but I can't deny that he has looked really, really good on the mound. He doesn't walk anyone. And I mean, he's just last season better than any other pitcher. I mean, there's a reason why he won Cy Young in the competitive. He, he blew out Wheeler and Scherzer in votes, even though Wheeler and Scherzer were amazing in the NL last year. Yeah. And he was he was nasty. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, what the uh the pitch is? It's like the split finger fastball that he's he throws. Fastball, cutter, curve, changeup, slider. It's the cutter that he, he throws. throws. The cutter fifty two percent of the time. That cutter is disgusting. It's no Mariano Rivera, but like ninety five miles per hour. It, well, with the cut fastball, in my opinion, it it doesn't matter how fast it's going within reason, right? Like you want it to be as fast as the average fastball. But, like, it more matters the amount of break that you're getting into the right-handed batter. That's what made Mariano Rivera so great was the fact that on a left-handed batter, that pitch was cutting away from them. And on a right-handed batter, that pitch was cutting into their bat. And so it was hitting their bat at the point of weakest contact almost every time. That's why he shattered so many bats. Yeah, well, when you look at Corbin Burns, again, the percentile rankings, there's a reason why he can get away with throwing the cutter so often and be – 97 percent in the 97th percentile with percentage 
98th in chase rate number just the best fastball spin and 92nd in curve spin i wonder if he was gripping the ball well it probably would have showed a little bit more in the second half of the season but it didn't it didn't no and strikeouts were i think stayed at the same rate for him uh once the sticky stuff went away to, to to clarify right as a pitcher myself i i take no issue with with sticky stuff I, I think that it was just to the point where, like, you know, I mean, no offense is bad for baseball. <laughs> I I think that most hitters would tell you that they'd rather the pitch the pitcher get some kind of grip on the ball, right? Yeah. But it just it seemed whatever was happening, it was it was too much. Um, one second, guys. I got a cut on my fucking face, and it's leaking pretty good. I'm grabbing a towel. The show must go on. Should I keep talking? No, where did you do that? I don't know, dude. You leave me alone, all right? Sleeping beauty. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he. I I thought that this was a, you know, because I hadn't heard Jack or shit about Corbin Burns until last season. And so the assumption that I made was this is a guy who is a 30-son, kind of like Gosman. This is a mid thirty something guy, and he's having a career season, right? But like, I'm looking at his numbers. His age twenty three season, he's two six one ERA. Like, this guy's been there the entire time. I think that this. I think that that was maybe that was the peak, but I don't think that we should be expecting a valley. I think yeah. that I think that there's much more to come with him. I, 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 yeah, I would think so too. I his he looked too good to just fall off that quickly. Yeah, I mean, when you blow out when you blow out Scherzer for the sigh, I think that that kind of says something. Maybe that's just my opinion. What was his war? Five seven war. Yeah, that's pretty good for a starter. Yeah, <laughs> that's almost his career war. He only has a six point three. So yeah, that was all in one year. That's gross. It's gross. I, I it's kind of tough to count him out. They don't really give Cy Youngs out to the relievers anymore. You have to be extremely dominant to get that. You know. No, yeah. they, they they don't. There's no Dennis Dennis Eckersley anymore. It okay. It bothers me that Dennis like as an A's fan, right? It bothers me that Dennis Eckersley won a Cy Young, and I think he also won an MVP for a season in which like Mariano Rivera would look at it and be like, "Yeah, it wasn't bad." <laughs> like maybe there's not a lot of competition that year. I don't know. Hmm. It was, it was the 80s, and, and what have we been taught from, like, every single one of our parents? The 80s were a weird time. And, like, I think that, like, you look at the entertainment of the 80s, you look at everything from the 80s. Like, it's just, it was strange. And they had, like, this, there was the barefoot kickers in the NFL. I mean, Eckersley. Didn't the won- NFL have, like, an MVP that was a kicker that year? Yeah, exactly, yeah, in the mid-80s. 
Like, it's just, there was this weird, I don't know, maybe it was something in the water. But uh, like, AL MVP voting 1992. Eckersley had 100 more vote points than second, who was Kirby Puckett. And then uh, it gets a little lower after that, but Joe Carter, Mark McGuire. So uh, it didn't seem like too much competition. I, I don't know. Look, 90, I'm not like making fun of Dennis Eckersley here, right? Like this is a heck of a season, right? He's got 16, a very nice 69 games. He's got 51 saves over that stretch. And he had a sub two ERA. But like, I look at the career of Mariano Rivera and I say, yeah, like didn't Rivera do this at pretty much any point of his career? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's also impressive. 69 games, only 11 walks and 93 strikeouts. That is impressive. I know Rivera was amazing, but it might've just been that there wasn't as much competition and he stood out. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we knew what we had in Rivera, man. He was a cheat code. He was unbelievable. He's got 652 saves. That's a record, right? I believe so. I mean, when you're the best at your job, you're going to get recognized for it. Yeah, I, if unanimous he's Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Better be in the Hall of Fame. No, unanimous. He was the first unanimous one to get in. Yeah. I've heard people argue about Jeter, right? I'm like, yeah, the yeah, one vote for it. I get it, right? I'm not touching that argument, but like – Mariano Rivera was a unanimous Hall of Famer. There's other people that should have been, but it's always got to be those few people that are like, no, we can't make him unanimous, so I just won't vote for this guy. Yeah, but like Mariano Rivera is the undisputed best at his job. Yeah, I don't even think you can make that argument. I don't think you can make the argument that he shouldn't have been a <laughs> a unanimous Hall of Famer. Like, I, I don't see how you could say anybody else in terms of closers. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's not even that many closers or relievers in the Hall of Fame just because you have to be the best. Yeah, and when you're the best for almost 15 seasons. Like, even in his last season in the bigs at age 43, still pitching with a 190 ERA plus with 44 saves. Yeah. Like, he was kicking the entire time. Yeah, I mean, just for the relievers in the Hall of Fame, the only reason so few get in is because it's a smaller sample size, which means you really, really have to stand out to get in just because you're not pitching nearly as many innings in a season as any other starting pitcher. Almost, He was third in Cy Young voting his second year in the league. Oh, yeah, and there's no question that he should have been – or he is, but there's no question about it that obviously he would be an amazing pick for United's Hall of Famer and happen because he is the best. I think that so we're 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 breaking away here, but um, like one of the saddest things to me is that 2001 World Series because that's like Mariano Rivera's like most famous choke. There aren't many, right? But like, if you wanted to say like what was the most famous blown Mariano Rivera save, it's Game Seven of the 2001 World Series, and you look at the play. It only was a fucking base hit because the infield was in and Gonzalez broke his bat. Rivera got unlucky. 
How many times did he shatter a guy's bat on a cut fastball over the course of his career? Hundreds, thousands. Yeah, it well, just... I'm just going to say, I mean, the Yankees were making the playoffs every year while he was there. It's a normal Yankees thing to do. But he never had over a two ERA in the playoffs, except for three times, I believe. And one or was it one time he only pitched in two games? One time it was four and one time it was two. But he's had, what is it, 32 playoff series in 16 years. And his ERA in the playoffs is 0. .70. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's just a cheat. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it's cheat code. Um, like there, you're you're right because there are certainly are points where you look and you go, okay, well, you know, he only pitched in two games or four games, but you add all those games up. That's 96 games in which he started, 141 innings of playoff pitching, and a point seven ERA. Like, just the greatest. Oh man. Wait a minute. He won the World Series MVP in oh that no, never mind. Excuse me. No, he did 1999. No, I, I, I saw a 2003 MVP. That was for the ALCS. Yeah. Uh the 2003 World Series MVP, I believe, went to Josh Beckett. Is that right? Uh gonna go see. gonna go confirm that. We haven't even talked about yeah, it was Josh Beckett. Um so we haven't even talked yeah. about the American League Cy Young. Um I'm going to say Kikuchi. I feel like it's weaker than the NL overall, but there I still have some things. And the no shit Sherlock award goes to. Tim, you still awake, buddy? I am. Proud of you. Sorry. I, I, I had a sneezing fit for a second. You need me to like call an exorcist or something? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing oh, good. Yeah, you're good? Yeah. All right. Good, good to know. Good to know you're doing well over there, buddy. <laughs> um, I think that as much as I love Robbie Ray and I, I and I think that he's a stud, I think that that was a flash in the pan. I think yeah, that we're not, gonna, not happening again. No, so I think that they, there will be a, you know, like in the NL, you can make the case that Corbin Burns will repeat. I think you can make a pretty compelling one, but I I don't see it happening in the American League. I think we're gonna have a new a new champion, or a returning champion retaking it. I mean, I like Lance Lynn. I, I'm gonna listen, 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 listen. I understand the dude's a little old, but like you kind of see him creeping very, very close to. I mean, he finished fifth in 2019, sixth in 2020, and then third in 2021. Yeah, you know, his what? numbers have just been getting better. And I'm a very big proponent of players, you know, just getting traded or going to new teams and then their numbers getting significantly better. And there was a significant drop in his ERA from going to the Rangers. From Texas to Chicago. Yeah. And even then, you look at his his underlying statistics to that ERA, and, like, they were there the entire time. Well, not yeah, the entire – like, they weren't there the entire time. I mean, you know, he, he had – but, like, you look at his career, 20 – you know, from 2011 to 2015 – He's got an above average ERA. Then he also never gets injured. Yeah. Very important. I, it doesn't look like he's ever got injured based on how many games he starts. 
Yeah, uh, he's got he's got a. No, I was going to say 2020, but he only started 13 games because it's a 16 60 game season. Still full, yeah. I think that. I think he's a good bet. I, I originally was going to shoot that down because I think I had this. I think I had this perception in my head of Lance Lynn as just being kind of kind of like uh kind of like Robbie Ray to be completely honest with you where. This is a guy that everybody was very optimistic about, but nobody was that optimistic about him, you know, like I, you know, he, people kind of considered Robbie Ray after he like showed crazy amount of promise in Arizona. And then it just kind of, he kind of never executed on it. You know, everybody was like, this guy's still got a lot of talent. He could be a very good two starter or three starter on a competitive team. And then all of a sudden he just kabooms. Yeah, but now, I mean, good deal for Robbie Ray, but the Mariners just overpaid him. It's a horrible contract. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to, well, I, I didn't bring it up to shit on Robbie Ray. I brought it up because I was trying to, trying to emphasize, like, I thought Lance Lynn was kind of like that, but I'm looking at his numbers, like, this is a good pitcher. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I don't want to expose him completely here. He does not have much velocity on anything, and contact is made very frequently with his pitches for as good as he is showing to be. Did that ever stop Mark? He had a few good seasons. I really don't trust a pitcher that took so long to get really good. I I like that he stays healthy. It's just as long as player, as long as the hitter is going to make contact. I mean, as it's going to be fair, foul, whatever, but it's, if it's not difficult to make contact with his pitches, whether it's because of the speed or his control, I don't really trust that. Again, dude, like I'm going to bring up Mark Burley. That was his thing. That was always Burley's thing was weak contact. Now, I'm not saying that Lance Lynn is Mark Burley, but like I, you know, we, we've had this conversation about the he gets on base scene for Moneyball. He gets outs. You know, it doesn't matter, you know. Very true. Advanced numbers help when it comes to, to margins, Right. When you're trying to when you're trying to discover the kind of guy that the, the pitcher is, or you're trying to discover, you know, minute differences in the pitching style between one and another, trying to find inconsistencies. But I don't view that as a sign of danger. I view that as a, as a difference in play style. Like, is it a a long dead play style? Yep. Right. Like, I mean, pitching to weak contact has has not been a thing for a long time, but if the guy can do it, which he can, he's shown that he can, I I don't see why it's a problem. Except right? it's not completely weak contact. Stroman gets weak. Marcus Stroman is really good at getting weak contact. Lance Lynn also, I know I read off the numbers, like he doesn't get lots of, uh, he makes, the hitters makes lots of contact with his pitches, but he doesn't limit hard hit balls. They might be grounders, but they're still getting hit hard. Hold on one second. How is the um the White Sox defense? Pretty good. Okay. I mean, not not atrocious. No, I would I, say it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, Luis Robert and Tim Anderson, I would say probably could be Gold Glove candidates. Maybe. Continue continue talking. I'll be right back. Like just I I don't know. Talk, <laughs> no, talk yeah, about I got it. talk about other American League Cy Young guys. Um, I mean, I pretty I like, much have that line. So who do you have? Uh, well, I I want to see Shane Bieber do well. Uh, he's been getting injured recently, but um, he's always looked pretty good to me, I would say. 
uh, I mean, his stats always look good. It's just he doesn't stay. Uh, he he wasn't healthy all last season. He only made sixteen starts. Yeah. Um, what was that from? Uh, from what Shane Bieber. Yeah. Was it uh 2021 16 starts? Um, I'm saying what was the injury from? Oh, the injury. Yeah. I forget. It wasn't Tommy John or anything because obviously he came back. I, I'm forgetting the injury now. I'm guessing it's an arm thing, but I, I forget. It was early on in the season last year. But uh, I mean, he still made the All Star game. Still came back in time for that. I was gonna say, like you know, obviously won the you know the 2020 Cy Young. I I, I see him as a good candidate. I really do. Um, I I think the the only thing that holds it back a little bit for me is just his age. Like he's very young, and because of that, like you know, there is a little bit of I don't want to. I I don't know if I would say flexibility in you know how he might perform. There's it, it's it. There's not the consistency factor there. There's not the consistency factor present in the majors, but I mean, I could totally see it happening. I mean, he led, you know, the league in ERA in uh, 2020. Um, you know, he also led the league in strikeouts. I could totally see it happening. I don't see why not. Yeah, no, I, I'm. that's the one I'm less confident in, honestly. I wanted to bring him up because I would like to see it. Honestly, you look deeper into it. He's not super impressive, even though he has the ability uh, yeah, he definitely can strike people out and he gets a lot of hitters swinging, but it, overall, like on the surface is not the most impressive pitcher ever. Um, really doesn't have much of a mix of pitches and he does not really limit contact. I mean, he limits contact. It's just, he's going to get hit hard. Uh, I think yeah. he gives up lots of home runs, so, uh, not the greatest. I mean, at least, uh, progressive field is I'm pretty sure it's more of a pitcher's park but now I might be wrong on that and flipping it yeah I mean you know looking at yeah no he he gives up a few I mean you know again you look at I was just bringing up Lance Lynn he's you know he's bringing in significantly um less home runs than Lance Lynn is I mean you also got to look at the amount of games but still I mean like he only gave up 31 2019 which is you know it's, it's not it's not terrible um and then obviously as you said 2021 was not a full season but i mean 11 is is not horrible um not 84 hits so yeah I, I mean i i'd like to see it from him but it's a problem just with the al pitchers in general uh they give up lots of hits and home runs but they're able to still make their stats look good because of all the strikeouts and uh, kind of relying on maybe better defenses. I mean, Lucas Giolito, uh, another one that I would put in the conversation, assuming he stays healthy. Lucas Giolito. Huh. I had to poop. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I really had to poop. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> that was probably the quickest poop of all time. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have to poop really bad, too, is I don't have to summon it. <laughs> Like I, I, it's just it's already been summoned. Um, Thanks, Joe. Just to uh, because I had a really instant, uh, interesting statistic about Lance Lynn, and I didn't get to say it, but his hard hit rate is thirty six point two percent. 
I don't know how that compares to other major leaguers. I was looking at the MLB percentile rankings here with him, uh, at least for last season, and very average, I would say. Um, okay, but it's not below average either. No, it's just slightly above average, and I would say for that's why it scares me a little bit because all of a sudden he could be giving up five runs in the first inning out of nowhere, top of the order. I'm sure – I mean, things like that happens almost every pitcher at some point, but I just would say I kind of expect it more for him. I, I just don't really like the consistency with him, like all of a sudden becoming a lot better than he once was. By the way, what's Lance Lynn's first name? It's not Lance. It's Michael. It's Lance. Michael Lance Lynn. I did not know that. Lance go. Lynn sounds a lot better than Michael Lynn. Well, I mean, I'm not going to comment. I already got myself in enough trouble with the names. Um. So what what player were you guys talking about? Uh, I just brought up Lucas Giolito. We talked a little about a bit about Shane Bieber. The Biebs. He's a stud. I mean, they're both kind of similar in a way, uh, but yeah, it's it's tough. The AL really, the pitchers can get away with striking out a lot more batters, but they really don't limit the contact at all. You have a lot of higher ERAs in the AL for top pitchers. Yeah, Giolito looks. Giolito looks like he's a sleeper candidate for the for the win. I think it's kind of, and I know that I this is the obvious choice, but like. Garrett Cole is really good at baseball, or so it seems. Yeah, he's I, – I mean, yeah, you saw a little trouble from him after the sticky stuff went away, but um, he seems to be fine and everything. Can, I, can you get the numbers on how his spin rate was affected? I don't know if I'm going to see a visual different – I mean, I would see it game by game, but I don't know if I could track that down as quickly. I'm going to see now. Well, how about this? And MLB. June 21st. All right. So, June 21st is when they uh, ban the sticky stuff or they crack down on the sticky stuff. So, if you could get individual average spin rate from his start, his most previous start before June 21st, and then after, that might that might help, potentially. I'm going to see if I could track that down now. Also, what website are you using? Uh, you can use Baseball Savant, or Savant, however you want to pronounce it. It's S-A-V-A-N-T. Baseball Savant. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it before you do. I'm smarter than you. Oh, I was already on it. I definitely <laughs> you understand. Have what lot, right you have to get a lot deeper into it to see game by game, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So I've got his 2021 season here. I really got to use this website more often, dude. This thing is fucking sick. Uh, it's very detailed. You, I mean, look up Jacob DeGrom on it, then scroll down to the percentile rankings. Oh, I'm sure it's nasty. It, literally the top and everything. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this for sure. Uh, uh, no, I can't. 
Man, this has got everything you could possibly want. It's a good resource. I use it when making predictions uh, for games, depending on what pitcher I'm looking at. Well, his fastball spin. Well, no, but that doesn't give me. It was the 91st percentile in 2021, but it doesn't give me. uh, It doesn't. Do you know how to give him a game by game? It's very deep. I mean, I'm on my phone on this, so it'll probably be harder to track it down. But uh, I, I'm looking at how about game this? logs, but I don't know if it details individual games. And I, I'm, I'm sure. It does. I, yeah, I'm sure it does. We just have to find it. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll take a note on this. Um, and we'll come back next week. But uh, I think that that's very interesting is that. Uh, he really likes to throw. I mean, they've got the heat maps, too. Mm-hmm. He throws his fastball 50% of the time, about which most people do. Most people that have good fastballs, anyway. Huh. He has a sinker. I didn't um, even know that. I didn't he, he, he threw it like less than 100 times, less than 50. Oh, there you go. I think through 25. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, well, his his expected WOBA, okay, over his past 100 plate appearances has gone up significantly. And over the past 250, it went, is that his WOBA or is that, it's relative to the rest of the league. I don't know. This is... I know it's a lot of stuff to look at all at once just for one pitcher. He's in the 87 percentile with Woba, though. Expected Woba. Um... Oh, game logs. Yeah, it, it doesn't detail individual percentile rankings per game. I don't, I don't need percentile rankings. Oh, you just want to see his game log? Okay, yeah, I, I was on Baseball Reference. I don't, I yeah, I don't there. need, I don't need game log. I just need fucking his average fastball or his average spin rate. From... Oh yeah, I, that's probably detailed there, but I don't know how deep it gets. I mean, it's probably like a paid subscription type thing. It would probably take a lot of filters to figure out how to. Well, you guys keep talking, and I'm gonna try to figure this out. Oh, yeah. I mean, just in general, Garrett Cole is a good pitcher. He's shown that he can be a really good pitcher for the past few seasons. So uh, I don't doubt that he'll be in the mix for Cy Young. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Um, I'm just not sure exactly how his age is going to affect that. Because he is, you know. 32. He's, he's He's not that old, but I mean. You know. He's going to be with the Yankees for the rest of his career, so it's... Well, we knew that. Is yeah. he really only 32? I, I think so. I thought he was closer to, like, 35, 36. I mean, he broke out as a Houston Astro, and, uh, of course, the Yankees paid him. Never mind. Okay. Oh, I thought he was, like, 35, 36. My bad. He's only 31. Oh, no. Never mind. Um, Yeah, no, I could totally see it happening. Yeah, I mean, he was low-key with the Pirates and just, like, he was good, just not, like, 
major name until uh i mean he was with the astros and he was very just dominant he never won a Young, huh? very close to it Came a couple times. very very close um I not a winner not a winner i'm kidding um okay so pitch no not exit pitch velocity help me help me <laughs> uh Gosh, dang but it. He, yeah, I remember he lost out to Justin Verlander by, was it, not a lot of votes, whatever it was, but they were teammates at the time on the Astros in uh, 2019. Oh, come on. Player breakdowns? Who the hell is Delvi Garcia? I don't want to. There's Chappie. It said Garrett Cole pinched in this game. Where's Jarrett's soul? Jarrett's. Oh, because this is from the fucking 28th. Idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Arion. Just I mean, I, I was going to talk about, uh, you know, MVP type stuff because uh, I, I think we covered a lot of the top pitchers in the NL and AL at this point. Um. I mean, again, the NL is much stronger in pitching. And whether that's due to a DH or not, it's one hitter, and now everyone has the DH. So I'll, I wonder how that'll go. It's not like there's going to be a free out at the end of the order every single time in the NL anymore. Okay, so I actually have it. So his average spin rate from this particular start in which he threw how many innings? You got all these advanced stats, but you can't tell me how many freaking innings he pitched. Here, right, well, what game? What what what's the date you're looking at? 32822. 32823. 32823. Three, fuck, god damn it. 52821, excuse me. 32821 is today. Uh, but his we're we're just gonna look at his uh Oh wait, his, give me give me the date one more time. What was the date? 5-28-21. He pitched six innings. Okay, so he threw six hits and one earned run. So on this particular day, his average spin rate across all of his pitches was two five one one. Take note of that. Two five one one. And we're gonna go to a pitch game after the sticky stuff crackdown. Go to July 29th. Is there any reason for that? Do you like bad games? See if there's a major difference. Fair. Struck out a lot of batters, but gave up a lot of runs. Oh yeah, he they lose this game fourteen to nothing. Cause, all right, so now let's see what his spin rate was. Player breakdowns. Ooh. Okay, it's down almost two hundred rotations per minute. Two three oh two. All right. Well, now I want. I want to see how soon is how soon is that after months? Two months. Yeah. Wait. Try going to. Whoa. uh, Whoa. What? Did we just be? Did we just find something? No, I think we knew. (laughs) I mean, he wasn't great. He wasn't. I don't know. It's weird that he struck so many people out still, but I'm wondering if there's going to be another fluctuation here 
Try going to August 27th, a month later. 827 against the A's. Uh, yeah, we're pulling it up. We're working on it. Working on it. Working on the weekend like usual. Player breakdowns. Okay, so this one, it's not. Yeah, so this one, he's got a 2418. So I don't think it actually had, but I mean, his. Well, I'm going to say again now, go to September 19th or 29th. He had two horrible games. I, I just want to see if there's another fluctuation here just between months because he seemed very inconsistent after the sticky stuff. I've got player breakdown. Two, three, four, nine. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think he was I think he was a, a pretty heavy user, and I think we just got confirmation of it. It took some adjusting. He'll get back to normal. I don't know. No, he will. Uh, he had some good games still after. It's just he wasn't as consistent. Yeah, but they, they paid for a lot more than that. He's still going to strike people out. Just not. It not doesn't matter. You got to fucking win games. I don't give a shit if you strike people out. Yeah. You give up runs, you're not on my fucking team. At least that's how I think. I mean, just inconsistent. In September, he recorded a win, then a loss, a win, a loss, and then a win. And then another is, decision in the last game. That yeah. is really interesting, though. Hmm. Fascinating. Again, high strikeout rate, but he was giving up a lot of hits. More than he would normally give up. Well, that's the kind of guy that he was before he was on Houston with Pittsburgh. Was like He was a very promising kid that just... It, it was inconsistency that was the issue. So, I mean, he wasn't worth – I don't want to say he wasn't worth much because he was. He was touted prospect, but, ah, man. that is making $36 million a year. That's a mess. I'm staying out of it. All right, let's talk about the playoffs and get the fuck out of here. Uh, to establish division winners, we'll start in the National League. Uh, Dodgers win the West – uh, I'm going to go with the – I think I'm going to go with the Braves winning the East. And then the Card- okay. the Cardinals Sorry. winning the Central. And then after that, Padres, wild card. Wild card one? Uh, yeah, I'll do wild card one for the Padres. Um, then – Mets wild card two, Brewers wild card three. That is the exact same thing I have for the NL. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I see that. All right. So I have it being pretty close between the Padres and Mets, though, like a game or two between them. I, I can see it. the Giants possibly taking over that second wild card spot, only because it's the Mets and that's what they do. Um. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like you guys are significantly lower on the Giants this year than I am. So. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen it from the start. Besides, I, we have we have covered that into plenty of detail. Yeah, yeah, you've you've done plenty of shitting on the San Francisco Giants. Um, all right, let's get the AL. Let me get the hell out of here. Oh, not get the hell out of here. Um, I'm gonna go with shocker. Rays win the East. White Sox win the Central. Astros win the West. Um. Blue Jays first wild card. Um, Yankees second wild card. 
honestly, Red Sox third wild card. Wow, AL East gonna stay that competitive? I, I don't see. I don't see how they don't. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I think realistically, I can see all three of the wild cards going to the AL East. It's just, I can tell you this: two of them are. Yeah, two at of least them it, are it, has, it has to be two of them. The, the Blue Jays are pretty much a guarantee at this point, and if the Yankees and the Red Sox both manage to take a massive decline next season, I would be very surprised. Like I, I'll, I'll give you that. It seems you know it's plausible that one of them will fall off a cliff. Yeah, I don't see how both of them will. And even then, who's going to overtake them? The Mariners? <laughs> Please. Yeah, I know you don't like the Mariners. I still have the Red Sox they've, missing out, and the Mariners getting in the third wild card. They fucked everything up ever. <laughs> the only time they didn't fuck up was when they were getting threatened with their franchise being revoked in ninety what ninety five. They were 90 and 72 last season. That's, that's, that's And they missed the playoffs. By a game last day they missed out. Because that's what they always do. But they did not decline this past offseason. They made additions. They tried to make their team better yes, and they, they did. They did. Made, you know they how made they important declined? trades that really made them a lot better. They declined um, maybe because not better <laughs> they declined because of the name and the logo. It's that simple. They do this every fucking time. I'll believe it when I see it. I feel the same way about the Mets in a way. Haven't been in the playoffs since 01. How many times are we going to punch our fans in the dick here, guys? Like Use the same expression to describe the Mariners both times. Yeah, because that's a U-Tree video. Is him just like over and over again saying, the Mariners once again punch their fans in the dick. Like... How many times have we said this is going to work and then it doesn't? Look, I'm not saying that it can never happen, but it can never happen. It just it seems like it 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 seems like it's against the rules of the universe. That the that the that the only professional baseball franchise active to never even make a World Series. The only I mean, ones. Yeah, it's either way. I the Mariners make the playoffs. It's probably going to be as the third wild card, like they barely get in. That means they're going to end up having to face likely the Rays, Astros, or White Sox. Here's the thing about here's the thing about the ends, right? Here's the thing is about the Mariners, or at least what I think the thing is about the Mariners. If they make the playoffs, they will win the wild card series. Well, no, because the wild if they're if they're the second wild card, maybe if they're the third, that means they're going to face the worst division winner. The worst. Yeah, the, the best and the second best division winners get the buys. The first and second wild card play each other, then wild card three and the worst division winner play each other. Yeah, no, I, I know. It's just because the franchise makes no sense. Look at 95. They're going up against the fucking Yankees with Donnie Baseball and like young kids everywhere. They're a year removed from winning the World Series in 96. And they beat them. They beat them in a five. Reverse swept them. In a in a five game ALDS, it's just it, as soon as you put expectations on the Seattle Mariners, they will disappoint. The second that you take those those uh, expectations off, they will perform just enough to the point that you finally put expectations back in. They're Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're the MLB's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I understand, but I can't I can't physically agree with you based off the numbers. I say Red Sox fall off. Seattle Mariners take the third wild card spot. Okay, and you know what? At the end of the season, when the Mariners miss the playoffs, I'll tell you all that I was right. 
because I'm always right. Oh, I don't doubt that they could just immediately just become bad. You saw it with the twins. Yeah, well, no, but, I, but you're, here's the thing. You're thinking about it rationally. Yes. Stop doing that. It's the well, then I would have left the Mets out, too. You also have to see that the A's are just not going to be what they were last season, so that certainly helps. The A's have a better chance of making the postseason than the fucking Mariners. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I Listen, I understand I understand the methodology you're going through there, but you have to realize that the A's just sold their entire team. Yeah, no, the A's suck dick. Right? Like, well, I hope, you know what? Sean Murphy doesn't, but the rest of the roster does. About Jed Lowry. Yeah, okay, no comment. Um, The reality is, is that the Seattle Mariners' chances to make the playoffs as of game one of 162 is zero. It's... I, I don't know. I, I see the rest of the AL, and it's really only the Red Sox that I could see the Mariners having to compete with. The rest of the AL West, besides the Astros and Mariners, they're probably all going to finish under 500, regardless of what their actual win total is. In the Central, probably the weakest overall division. I can't see the Tigers, Guardians, or Twins getting a wild card, even with three wild cards there. I don't think I anybody think, argued that. I know. it's. I'm assuming the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs here, but Red Sox, Yankees, whichever one stands in the way, I don't see the Mariners being the one that's left out. It'll probably be close, but the Mariners are going to finish probably high 80s, low 90s wins based on what I see. I've said my piece. Um, I mean, I still have them getting swept by the Astros, but in the playoffs in the wild card round, but it, so the, two games because it's a three game. Series. The Seattle Mariners organization makes no sense. That's all I have to say is that you, you, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a Colorado Rockies way that they're incompetent. I just mean like for whatever reason, their convention, conventional wisdom doesn't apply. Like this is an organization that didn't make the playoffs for the first time until 1995, and they are the holder of the single best regular season in Major League history for any organization. 116 wins. And then they never made the playoffs again. They got 116 wins by accident. What? Some teams can't afford to have extended runs i mean like the old like historically the best teams are the ones with the most money even though the world series isn't won by the team that spends the most the most successful teams overall are the teams that spend the most well that's because you give yourself the most opportunities exactly so the mariners did get unlucky a lot of the time they also didn't go out and spend to compete every year like the yankees or dodgers do then what about bringing in cliff set cliff lee Adrian Beltre, Richie Sexton. Uh, I'm thinking of some other guys. I just can't remember them right now. All right. Well, you get the point. Um, my opinions on the Seattle Mariners are irrational. I get that. Call me at game 144. We'll see. Uh, don't call me. You don't have my phone number. The, the hosts of this show do, but the, the audience doesn't. Honestly, most of the audience probably knows me. Nobody listens to this crap. People listen to it to do a favor. Uh, they're like, God, the guy that talks a lot, he's really annoying and he curses a lot. What's wrong with him? Uh, the worst. So 
I'm going to end here. Wait, you got it's a not- World Series prediction before we end? Fucking Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> Mariners Nationals. <laughs> that is very realistic. Uh, no, I'm going to go with. I'm 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 actually gonna do you one better. I'm gonna give you NL. I'm gonna give you championship series predictions, and then I'm gonna give you World Series predictions. Whoa! I'm gonna say that the American League Championship Series involves the Rays and the White Sox. I was gonna say the same thing. The White Sox win. Yeah. I was also going to say that in six games. So I actually. I had the Rays and the Astros. I had the Astros beating the White Sox in five. I, I just feel like it's going to be close there, and the Astros edged them off, like out by a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. As, as much as I know you don't want to see it, but I still have the Rays getting the World Series. Yeah, well, I'm not even going to acknowledge that team because, you know. Uh, anyway, and then in the in the national, I'm gonna I'm gonna spew a hot take here. I'm gonna do it. Are you going to do it? Braves-Mets. Is that possible? Oh, it would be possible. The Braves win the division, and the Mets are either the – the Mets would have to be the one or two wild card. Yeah, they just couldn't be the three. Yeah, because the Dodgers are going to be the best, so the Mets would have to get through the Dodgers. Because I think the Padres and the Dodgers are just going to take each other out, if I'm being honest. Well, I mean, what I have here with the Padres being the number one wild card and Mets two – uh, like, honestly, I know I'm a Mets fan, but I had the Mets winning in three because I don't see – even though the Padres would be having home field advantage for all three games in that wild card round, you're facing DeGrom and then Scherzer. And then Bassett. And, yeah. yeah. And one of one of DeGrom or Scherzer is a guaranteed win, at least one. And like you said, Bassett. The Padres, I look at their pitchers, and they have guys that can be so inconsistent. Musgrove is going to be going up against DeGrom likely. Then you have either Clevenger, who I don't know how he's going to do when he comes back, but Snell and Darvish, completely inconsistent. They're both not going to get wins after DeGrom probably gets on their first win. But then, you know, the Mets would have to get through the Dodgers to get to the Braves. I don't see that Dodgers. happening realistically. Yeah. but Yeah, I got Dodgers cards. I got if... Dodgers in five. Okay, wrapping up here. White Sox. White Sox. Versus Braves. That'll be a fun one to watch. Hmm. And then this is my final comment. Can somebody get me the odds on the Cleveland Guardians going 81 and 81? (laughs) I don't know if you bet on that kind of thing. I do. Maybe it's not something that you do. Maybe that's not how you go about doing that, but it's about how I go about it. Safe I mean, bet. I, Safe after bet. I started to calculate all the records, like re, like at, I didn't do go game by game, but I adding, subtracting from teams that would be playing each other, I ended up with the Guardians being 80 and 82. So, <laughs> Still, that exactly is my point. <laughs> I know. It's what ended up happening after I went through every single team and I actually started calculating the records. You think you think it's you think if you had to pick one, if it was the Guardians or the Angels, 
I had the Angels with 79 wins. So oh, it's the Guardians. Yeah. Come on. The Guardians are going 81 and 81. Come on. I feel the Cubs are the one that I had going exactly 81 and 81. In the in this in the NL, I could see the Giants doing it, maybe. I had the Giants with 83, so close there. Yeah, I can we can we keep a track on that by the way throughout the season? Is the Cleveland Guardians 500 counter? Yes. <laughs> and just like celebrate every single time the Cleveland Guardians are at 500. <laughs> I will get I will get the word idiot tattooed on my forehead if the Baltimore Orioles are above 500 this year. Oh, they're the one like out of every single prediction I've seen anyone make, that is the one placement that has never changed. There is no Dead debate. Last. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but they got Ruvenet Odor now, right? Yeah, maybe he changes that culture. Rugi, Rugi, Rugi. This show sucks. <laughs> All right, so seriously, uh, somebody get the, the spread on the odds of uh, Cleveland going 81 and 81. I want to find that. I, yeah, I, it's got to be a bet. Uh, yeah, it's got to be somewhere on the internet. They got bets for everything. They got bets for coin tosses on games. They got bets for everything. I, I, we don't talk about coin tosses here. Who bets on spring training games, really? Me. I, I don't bet. I don't gamble. If I did gamble, I would gamble on something that I knew nothing about. Because once again, you're thinking about it rationally. Rationally, what a snob that guy is, huh? Well, just looking at World Series odds, it seems like the Angels are 15th, which would probably place them at around 500. They're putting the over under at about 85.5. Oh, wait, nope, nope, wrong team. Please tell me the over under is 81. 81 and a half. 76. Oh, 76 and a half. Slam that over. Slam it. They, the Guardians have the pitching, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to get They are going there. to win exactly half of the games. You heard it here first. Plate Discipline Podcast. Okay. The, okay. I will, I, will, I will say, I will say, looking at the Angels, the Angels over-under is 83.5, which is, which is significantly closer oh, to 81 and 81. God. The Twins have 81.5. Oh! <laughs> no! Fuck. That's Twins a... one is realistic. I mean, they added things. I, I feel like they could be around there. Yeah, just sign Chris Archer. Dude. Okay, that's a new thing that we're going to talk about. There's going to be one team in baseball that goes 81 and 81 this year. Who is it? Based on the predictions I made, I say Cubs, but I had the Guardians being one off. So those would be my two picks, honestly. Guardians, obviously. Um you think Jeff Fisher is is, is Jeff Fisher in baseball right now because he's Mr. Seven and Nine. So um, okay. <laughs> what are they gonna do? They're gonna bring him out to uh Cleveland to Los Angeles. 
Hold on, let me go get because this is one of my favorite things to do is look at Jeff Fisher's coaching career and just look at all the times he went seven and nine and eight and eight and nine and seven. <laughs> Hold on. I'm completely content shitting on Jeff Fisher. I take I took Vince Young's side in that whole beef. Okay, come on, show me the <laughs> okay. So his career starts in 1995 and goes as follows. Ready? Seven and nine. Hold on. Seven and nine. Wait, what the fuck? It's glitching. Oh, I just clicked on an ad. No. That was loud. Okay. Seven and nine. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. 13 and three. 13 and three. Seven and nine again. 11 and five. 12 and four. Five and 11. Four and 12. 8 and 8, 10 and 6, 13 and 3, 8 and 8, 6 and 10, 7 and 9, 7 and 9, 6 and 10, 7 and 9. I didn't realize he was in the league for that long. How many times did he go 7 and 9 and 8 and 8? Dude was average at his job. It's below average, Tim. <laughs> I can do math. Yeah, clearly not. <laughs> What's even more impressive to me is the amount of 13 and three teams he pulls out of his ass. He was the coach of the one yard short team. That was clearly a forward lateral. Mm. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Show sucks. Don't listen to it.